This is The Rant presented by Strive Sports. Ben Klein here with you on this Monday afternoon. Big weekend for New York sports. You can tell my voice is kind of gone. I went to the Knicks game last yesterday uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Going to be talking about uh, Knicks Pelicans, Knicks Mavericks, uh, Nets, uh, you know, against the Hornets, and then their loss against the Heat over the weekend, and then the Yankee series against the Rays and the Mets against the uh, Rockies over the weekend. Uh, but just to start, a couple things, uh, occurrences over the weekend. Uh, number one, uh, as I actually announced today, Alex Smith retired from the NFL. Uh, you know, congratulations to him on an amazing career. Uh, everyone thought that he was done. Uh, you know, it's he's a good role model for for young people in this world, you never give up on your dreams. Uh, you know, he already achieved his dreams, making it to the NFL, um, even bringing the Niners to a championship game. Uh, but, you know, he, he thought his career might have been over with that leg injury, fought, battled back, never give up, and uh, you will wind up succeeding. That's the story of Alex Smith, even when he was uh, drafted number one and didn't really pan out to start. Uh, still kept on working, still continued to get better every day, and wound up being the guy for the Niners before uh, they moved on to Colin Kaepernick. But just congratulations to Alex Smith. Um, some other things that happened today slash over the weekend uh, that I feel are noteworthy. Jake Paul, uh, yes, the YouTube sensation, knocking out uh, former UFC fighter Ben Askren. Obviously, Ben Askren not looking like he's in very good shape. Um, he was a professional fighter, though, so kind of embarrassing to get knocked out. But then again, uh, regular just plain boxing is very different, uh, very different in every respect uh, to uh, MMA, mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, no kicking. Um, you know, you can only punch in certain areas. You're really in boxing just looking for, for a knockout, where MMA you can tap someone out, you can kick them in the face, you can kick them in the shin, whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, it's it's kind of, it's a different game getting into a boxing arena, only being able to use your fists. Um, so uh, hopefully next time out, they'll get someone who could actually compete with Jake Paul, someone who actually that practices just boxing. It honestly didn't even look like Ben Askren was training at all for this Looked very out of shape. Didn't even look like he cared after. It looked like he was running out of the arena after the after the fight with his wife. I don't blame him for that. You know, take that money and run. But, uh, yeah, let's get Jake Paul someone that could actually maybe knock him out uh, in boxing, not MMA. But uh, last but not least, <clears throat> felt the need to mention uh, my boy Chet Holmgren. Not actually my boy, but whatever. He will be my boy one day. Uh you know, he, went to, he commits to, the, he's the number one recruit in the nation in basketball, if you didn't know. He's a senior in high school right now. And he committed uh, today to go to Gonzaga next year. Uh, you know, back-to-back years, Gonzaga gets the number one recruit in the nation. It's actually interesting because uh, this guy, Chet Holmgren, went to the same high school as Jalen Suggs, who was the number one recruit last year, who chose Gonzaga. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of history there. Uh, and recruiting and Jalen recruiting Chet there. Uh, I honestly hope that this is the year for Gonzaga. It's too much, uh, you know, not to say that I root for them every year, but they're so good year after year. They were undefeated this year, couldn't pull it out. It's just heartbreaking. They win that final four game on a buzzer beater. Uh, I'm hoping that this is the year for Gonzaga. I'm hoping that Chet Holmgren works out 7-1 beast that can dribble and shoot. Uh, I, I'm Looking forward to watching Gonzaga in this upcoming season, probably as much as I was uh, this season. But to get to it, going to be talking. Going to start 
talking about basketball, then going to move on to baseball. So going to start by talking about what excited me the most this weekend, which is the Knicks extending their winning streak to uh, six games. They beat the, the Mavericks on the road on Friday night uh, to extend that winning streak to five games. And then, la- and then yesterday, uh, the game that I went to at Madison Square Garden, Knicks winning overtime against the Pelicans to extend that winning streak to six games. They move up to four games above 531 and 27. They're right there in the in the playoff hunt for the East. Not even the playing games right now. They're like the sixth seed right now. They're in the hunt for the five or the four with the Celtics and the uh, and the Hawks. And the Knicks are actually uh, should be grateful for this this upcoming week and that we're playing the Hawks on Wednesday, uh, giving us the ability to potentially uh, move ahead of them after that game uh, if we win. You know, that's also considering what happens Tuesday night. We have the Hornets in town, so uh, that's a big game as well. They're only a couple games behind us. They're kind of reeling now. They're struggling, but let's get to it. Uh, it, was, it was amazing, the Friday night performance from Julius Randle. He really led the whole way. Uh, obviously, R.J. Barrett also had a good game, 9 of 18, 24 points. But, uh, you know, for Randle, three games in a row, now four after the Pelicans, but uh, against the Lakers, scored over 30, former team. Against the Pelicans... Uh, his former team scored over 30 twice and uh, against the Mavericks uh, scored over 30. And that is his hometown team, actually. He's from Dallas originally, uh, Julius Randle. So, you know, that's very impressive stuff. I believe that in a five-game span, he is the first player to score 30-plus points for the Knicks in five straight games since Carmelo Anthony. Uh, that definitely says something, the way that we that New Yorkers, Knicks fans, uh, were uh, you know, regard uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, shows how how high we should uh, think of Julius Randle and his performance this year. I mean, in that game against Dallas, 16 to 29 from the field, that's over 30 percent. Six of 11 from three, I meant over 50 percent. Six of 11 from three, that's over 50 percent. Uh, again, he may be struggling from the free throw line a little bit. It's only six and nine, but and he somehow actually wound up in the in the minus. Um, one of two players of the starters to wind up in the minus, him and just Alfred Payton. Uh, somehow, he's a minus one. We got Bullock plus one, Noel plus six, and somehow Barrett is a plus 12. I guess he got a lot of minutes with the bench. Uh, Rose had a plus 14, Toppin plus nine, even though he didn't really do anything. But uh, Rose, let's get back to Rose and what he did yesterday in that game against the Pelicans and extending our winning streak to six, to six games. Um, it, it was just amazing stuff. I mean... If you look at the defense in in both games, we definitely we definitely got the job done. The Mavericks only shot thirty three percent from three in that game. Uh, you know they're one of the most efficient offenses in the history of the league. I'm pretty sure, so that's impressive. And again, against the Pelicans, we fought, we got them to shoot twenty two percent from the field, uh, from three, forty percent from the field. Um, you know, we basically did a good job defensively on everyone except for Zion, pretty much, uh, even though Zion was a minus 13, showing he's kind of struggling defensively, I think, Zion, with his matchups. Uh, but he shot 13 to 23, 34 points. Other than that, uh, almost all of their key players shot below 50%, uh, other than Steven Adams. I think that Steven Adams and Zion Williamson, the only two players in the starting lineup to shoot above 50%. Uh, Bledsoe had a good game, but he was 8 of 20. Uh, Brandon Ingram, 6 of 18. That's not going to do it. Brandon's a great, very talented player, but he needs to become more efficient. Um, 
But uh, even Randall struggled a little bit. 11 to 28, that's not too great. 2 of 8 from 3, that's not too great. But he but he hit the shots when it mattered most. Um, and then when you look at who the real, you know, most important player in this game was, I'd say that it was Derrick Rose uh, coming up clutch in the final minutes of the game. Um, he had a 3 in, in, like, the final minute. He shot over 50%. And then he had that assist. Uh, to Bullock in the corner, obviously, with like two seconds left. Bullock hit that big shot, forced overtime, and then, you know, the Knicks defense really came out in overtime. Uh, we outscored the Pelicans by 10 points, 19-9. Uh, we were just too much for them. And, and, you know, we didn't even play so well. Uh, 38% from three, 47% from the field. That's pretty That's pretty good. But, again, we had that overtime to, to add the points, to, to add the percentages up. So, uh, you know, not... The best defensive performance from the Knicks, definitely, you know, it was gutsy. There was a point in the fi- in the fourth quarter that somehow we got ourselves down seven, and then we really started battling back, uh, and, you know, we, we made life really difficult for the Pelicans. As I say, you know my line, uh, you know, if you're going to try and beat us, then we're going to rip your kneecaps out doing it, and uh, we successfully ripped their kneecaps out, and... Uh, they weren't able to recover from that, and it was we were just too much uh, on the defensive end. I mean, Noel had some real highlight reel blocks, like really some really really crazy blocks. Yeah, he usually does that like almost every game. Um, I think he also had a couple of those against against the Mavericks. He, but um, you know, overall just really exciting stuff from the Knicks. The the uh, the environment in the Garden yesterday was was phenomenal. You know, even with the limited capacity, which I actually enjoy because lines for the bathroom and and the concession stands are a lot shorter than they would be if it was full. But I'm really excited for, you know, the Garden to get back to full capacity. Uh, Absolutely rock. And I know that I don't think even the the Knicks would have won last night if there was a full crowd. It would have been too much for them. There would have been people chirping in their ear when they were down, when they blew it and they were down seven. Uh, the fans would have been so loud that, that Reggie Bullock three's heart probably would have been pumping a little bit more. But, you know, gutsy performance from the Knicks last night. Uh, extend that winning streak to six games. First time that's happened in God knows how long. Literally been at least six years, probably closer to seven or eight. Um, it's just really exciting time. Exciting times to be a Knicks fan. Uh, I truly do believe that this team can compete with, like, you know, the the best teams in the league in a playoff series. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to – you don't need to at me on that. But uh, against the Nets, against the Bucks, I really believe that we're going to give them a very difficult time. Uh, I heard Woj say the same thing. He thinks that the Knicks are going to be a tough out come playoff time. Uh, you know, both these games also without Alec Burks, who I proclaim to be the most clutch player on the team. Uh, so it's nice to be able to get some other guys involved during clutch time. Uh, it, we need other guys to be able to step up. It can't just be Alec Burks at the end of the game, especially when it comes down to the playoffs. So, you know, two great wins over the weekend. We got the Hornets coming tomorrow, and then we got uh, the Hawks on Wednesday. Two huge conference uh, conference games. Hornets behind us, Hawks ahead of us. If we win both of those and get to eight games somehow, that's actually unheard of. Um, it, this would be an amazing going into that last month of the season in which we have, uh, you know, in a row, like the Grizzlies and then the Nuggets and then the Suns and then both LA teams. Uh, and then we finish it off against like the Spurs and 
and the Celtics and, and someone else, but it's really difficult to, to finish off the season. So this was a huge winning streak that I did not see coming. Uh, if, I, I was, if I looked at the schedule, I would not have guessed this at all. Uh, but huge six-game winning streak. Uh, they're separating themselves from the worst teams, uh, not just standings-wise, but just you know mentally. Uh, they don't believe that they're that they're not you know a good team. They believe that they're a good team that they could beat any team on any given night, and they are going to give it their all every single night. And uh, that is, and we should all Knicks fans should thank Tom Thibodeau and Leon Rose for that. Um, maybe even a little bit Steve Mills for for signing Julius Randle uh, beforehand. But, uh, you know, just great to see the culture change a little bit. Great to see people at the Garden and great to see Knicks fans excited about uh, not just now, but what's to come in the future. Uh, usually the Knicks are only, Knicks fans are only excited about the future. But right now we get, we can be excited about both the now and the future. Uh, something kind of uncommon for Knicks. So big wins over the weekend. Uh we got uh, two big conference games, Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. Um, and then I believe we go on a road trip after that. Um, so exciting times to be a Knicks fan. But going to move this conversation on over to the Nets, those Brooklyn Nets. Um, so they go one-for-one one over the weekend. Uh, KD plays in bo- is uh, apparently plays in both games, um, but gets injured in this uh, Sunday game against the Miami Heat. Uh, I was able to catch the conclusion of this game after the Knicks game uh, the other night, yesterday. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo hits that game winner. KD gets injured, only plays four minutes. Um, it's definitely co- concerning for the Nets. I mean, they finally get Kevin Durant back. Um, he plays well in that one win that they have against the Hornets. I mean, obviously he played before that, but, uh, you know, and then he, he gets injured four minutes he doesn't get a lot of time playing with Kyrie overall. Not a lot of time to mesh together. Same with James. Uh, this is going to be a little less commentary on like the outcome of the game because it's hard, to, you know, to really discredit the Nets uh, when they when Kevin Durant got injured and James Harden hasn't been playing. But the only concern for the Nets would be is can these three guys come together and gel when it comes when it gets to the playoffs. Uh, mainly due to the concern that they haven't been playing each other, playing with each other uh, throughout the whole season. Um, I'd say that it is a tad bit concerning for me. Uh, if I were a Nets fan, just the fact that they haven't played, uh, you know, they're, they're so talented. They have, the, they have the side pieces, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, uh, Claxton, Luau Cabarro, Shamit. They got all those guys, but it's at the end of the day, we all know that it's really going to be about how Harden, KD and Kyrie can click together on the court in the playoffs going against uh, the best teams offensively and defensively in the league. Uh, We know that the Nets have their issues defensively. Um, You know, I'm sure that they will be able to step it up during the playoffs. They have players that are more than capable of playing good defense and Brown and Claxton and Luau Cabarro and Shamit. But, uh, you know, they're still going to need those top guys to, to step up defensively. Because, um, you know, teams like the Knicks, uh, teams like the Bucks, if they face them later on in the playoffs, teams like the Sixers, you know, they, they are stout defensively, much better than the Nets. So, uh, you know, that could be a cause for concern uh, going on later. And I, I'm not even going to look too much into this game against Miami. Uh, again, they were missing their two top guys. 
Uh, Miami, I think, is a team that is, you know, they're probably a little bit better than the record is, but I don't even know if I'd go as far as to say that they're better than the Knicks. Um, you know, some guys last year that led them to the finals uh, just had unbelievable years that uh, wouldn't have happened if there were fans there, if it wasn't a bubble. I'm calling out Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, if I'm being honest. Uh, Tyler Harrow this year shooting miserably from three. I believe he's shooting like below 30% from three. Um, that is not good. Never mind, he's shooting 33% from three uh, on the season. That's still below what he was doing in the past. But uh, the only cause for concern for the Nets would be getting those three guys on the court together before the playoffs starts so they, can, so they can get some runs in together and really get a feel for where their spots are on the court, uh, where they best fit together. Um, you know, obviously, I can't say too many negative things about the Nets. Uh, that was a hype game winner by Bam Adebayo last night. I wish that he ran on the scores table like he said he wanted to. Fortunately, he didn't. He realizes it's only a regular season game. doesn't matter that much. But, uh, you know, unfortunate, you know, two losses for the Nets last night, the game, and also losing KD. Uh, you know, it's only a, uh, uh, it seemed to only be a bruise, a thigh bruise. So hopefully he'll just rest it off, be back uh, in a week or whatever, even sooner, um, and start clicking again, getting back into, you know, the old Kevin Durant ways. Um but also a little bit concerning that how often he's been getting injured. You know, he's been getting banged up throughout the whole season. All three of these guys have had time out. So maybe a little bit of cause of concern if uh, maybe they, there's an issue that they can't all stay on the court together during the playoffs. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Nets one for two on the weekend. Knicks go 2-0, and six-game winning streak. Uh, I'd love to be able to face the Nets in the playoffs, if I'm being honest. That would be amazing. Uh I don't think that the Knicks would get swept. I would just really enjoy that, uh, the battle and, and the fear that the Nets fans would have playing the Knicks in their really, you know, tough defense uh, for a seven-game series. Uh, so that's it for talking about basketball today. Going to move on to some really disappointing stuff. Uh, and, yes, that would be the New York Yankees. Um, they get swept this weekend at home by the Tampa Bay Rays. That is that leads to a five-game losing streak. We were five and five. Now we're five and ten. Uh, it's just, it's just terrible. I mean, we're not getting runners on base. We're not driving runners in. Uh, when they do get on base, um, the pitching hasn't looked, especially the starting pitching, has not looked too fantastic uh, in total in the series. Three games, I believe, we gave up sixteen runs. Um, actually, I think that's 18 runs. Four. 18 runs, and that would be six runs a game. That's way too much. Uh, you know, six runs a game, that's, uh, that's what we should be averaging uh, as an offense. Um, not giving up, you know. But, yeah, there's really... There's really not much positives to say about the Yankees right now, other than maybe Garrett Cole. Uh, he's been pitching, you know, lights out. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't even able to get the job done yesterday at the stadium. They lost 6-3. Uh, you know, we, it's, just, it's just really a struggle right now. He...
just checking right now what he did yesterday, actually. Um, okay, hold on. Um, he pitched six and one-third, 10 Ks, 109 pitches, uh, two earned runs. I mean... That's that's fine, you know. You can't ask from you really can't ask for more than that. I guess uh, it'd be okay for Yankees fans to ask uh, for their star guy to, to shut them out, especially with how much we're we're paying them. But um, you know, the the bullpen goes in, pitches two and two thirds, uh, only gives up one run. Um, uh, it's just not much to say. I mean, you look at the lineup from from yesterday. We got Lemayhu one for four, Judge zero for four, Hicks zero for four, Stan one for three, Torres zero for four, Urshela one for four, uh, Odor zero for three, Frazier zero for three, Nagashioka zero for one. Uh, he had two walks though. The only guy hitting above three hundred in the lineup is Nagashioka, not everyday player. The second highest average is Lemayhu, hitting two eighty six. That's about like 40 points lower than uh, what Yankees fans are used to seeing from LeMayu. So it's really just all crumbling down. Brian Cashman had some words to say today about his confidence in Aaron Boone. Now we just need to, you know, start breaking the game down and, and doing what we need to do as individuals, not trying to do too much, which is obviously what the Yankees have been doing this season, trying to do too much. Uh, and I think it's also the issue that came about in the playoffs every single season, trying to do too much. Uh, so the fact that this man, Brian Cashman, hasn't realized this issue year in, year out, never corrects it, uh, brings back the same team every time. Uh, I need to see some type of change. 5-10, uh, and ten, it's the first time since the 70s that the Yankees are, you know, have the worst record in the AL. That's how uncommon it is that the Yankees have the worst record in the AL. Last time it happened was in the 1970s. Uh, and it's only 15 games in, and that's how uncommon it is. It never happens that the Yankees have the worst record in the AL. So something needs to change. I'm sure Brian knows it. I'm sure Aaron knows it. Throwing out the same lineup of LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stan, whatever it is every day, uh, I don't. It's frustrating, man. I just don't understand it. Uh, it's clearly something needs to change, whether it be the order of the lineup, uh, acquiring another player bringing a player up from the minors, giving uh, you know someone a chance like Garcia. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is, but whatever they've been doing this season, whatever's been discussed has not been the answer at all. Uh, something needs to change. I don't know what it is, Brian. I think I know what it is. I think I'd move Hicks up to the first spot. But honestly, I think that the answer is getting rid of you, Brian, and uh, moving on from Aaron Boone. I don't know if that, the Yankees are the type of organization to do that midseason. Um, I feel like they're the type to like have it leaked midseason that they'll do something like that, and then uh, you know do it at the conclusion of the season, give them a, a chance to really prove themselves, uh, you know, make up for what's happened to start the year. But uh, I again, I can't. I'm not saying to fire them midseason. I, I want to see because I, I don't really blame Boone that much. I don't know how I can't. Um, you know, but it's it's just unfortunate. Things aren't working out. Uh, five and ten in the Bronx. We got two games against the, the Braves, and then we're going to Cleveland. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not so confident in that series against the Braves. They have some of the best young players in the league. Uh, but the Yankees, I believe they're at home for that series. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to, you know, right the ship. 
things really uh, things really falling apart right now. It's it's really really bad. Um, sweep to the Rays. That means that I believe between the, playing the Rays six games and the Blue Jays six games, I think that we have won three games out of twelve against the Blue Jays and the Rays. Uh, yeah, obviously, that's not good enough. Um, should be 12 out of 12 if we look at uh, the combination of the names on our team, how they've performed in the past, and our payroll in comparison to other teams. We should easily be way better than we're at right now. Um, you know, I'm not going to give Brian Cashman uh, the benefit of the doubt for, by saying that uh, you know Hal isn't letting Brian spend as much as you know George one one day did back in the day, but. Uh, you know, when you have one of the highest payrolls in the entire league, it's not an excuse. It doesn't matter. The Rays are doing a better job with one tenth of the payroll that you have. Uh, the 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 hundred million less that you're able to to spend uh, per season shouldn't be the difference maker. That that should be what's helping you go to the top. The fact that you can spend way more than anyone else, except for the Dodgers. Uh, but you know, he's continued to fail time and time again. Uh, traded for Paxton, traded for Sonny Gray, uh, signed McCann and uh, and Beltron and Curtis Granderson and and he uh, what was the move that he just uh, and he traded for Hicks and gave him a seven year deal. It makes no sense. It's just frustrating times to be a Yankees fan. I saw that. I'm sure everyone saw that nice meme yesterday. It was like the Knicks are good, and, and it was like it was a Thanos meme. It's like the Knicks are good, and, and it was one of the characters asking, "But at what cost?" And, and Thanos uh, responds, "The Yankees." And that's what it seems to be happening right now. The Knicks are good, so the Yankees are bad. Obviously, uh, can't you know New Yorkers? We're not. We we don't deserve it to have. You know, the Yankees and the Knicks good at the same time. We don't deserve that, you know, out here in New York. Except for the fact that the, the Lakers, the, Los Angeles gets the Lakers and the Dodgers winning in the same season. Tampa Bay gets the Bucks and the Lightning winning in the same season. But the Knicks can't get two damn good teams uh, in one season. I mean, I guess the Mets are good right now. So, But I'm not a Mets fan, so it's kind of frustrating. But moving on, going to be talking about the Mets now. Uh, big series win over the weekend. Playing the Rockies, they win two out of three. Uh, extend the you know their lead in the NL East, small lead. Seven, they're seven and four now. Uh, the pitching has been unreal. I saw this tweet earlier today uh, that their rotation stats for the Mets, uh, MLB ranks. Um, this is just their starting rotation, not including their bullpen. Just to be clear, but it is uh, their ERA is two point two six. That's second. Uh, they're first in Cape and strikeout percentage. Second in walk percentage, um, first in strikeout to walk percentage. Uh, you know, even guys lower down in the rotation like David Patterson stepping up, Strowman and uh, and Degrom obviously doing their thing. Still going to be getting Syndergaard back. Uh, so you know the Mets rotation playing uh, you know just as good as any other in the league. And when you think about having uh, out in LA. Trevor Bauer, Walker Buehler, Kalen Kershaw, and even more than that, it's pretty impressive what the Mets rotation has done to start the year. Uh, I'd honestly compare them to the Dodgers rotation. You know, I think that the Dodgers rotation is better, but I really like what the Mets put together in terms of their rotation. That was a big acquisition, getting Stroman from the Blue Jays instead of uh, the Yankees nabbing him. Another bad move. They've stolen two guys from us now, in my opinion, and Stroman and Lindor. 
uh, two of the best players on their team, obviously. But uh, big week, big wins over the weekend uh, against the Rockies. They had the doubleheader on Saturday, I believe. <clears throat> Went one and one on that, and then uh, won the game on Sunday, two to one. Uh, clear pitching duel. It's been that way for them. That's the whole season to start. Uh, I mean, you know, batting wise, they're thirtieth in runs. Um, so that that goes to show they're not getting a lot of runs. It's pretty impressive because their batting average is eighth in the league. Uh, they're sixth in on-base percentage. They don't have a very good slugging percentage, but uh, it's interesting to see with that high batting average and high on-base percentage, they don't score a lot of runs. That's probably because they're having similar issues as the Yankees right now and not being able to play runners that are in scoring position. Uh, and then you look at their pitching, fourth in ERA, third in quality starts, uh, second in whip, eighth in batting average against. I believe that's for the pitching overall, not just the starting. So, you know, Mets Mets pitching has been phenomenal to start the season. Uh, the, the batting, I, I believe, will come around for the Mets at some point really soon. Guys like Lindor and Alonzo are, are too good uh, to continue struggling. And I say the same thing about it for the Yankees, except the Yankees, uh, I believe, once the offense comes back to life, uh, the pitching is going to start struggling. The pitching's not looking good at all. I like Montgomery, but uh, between like Herman, Kluber, Tyon, I'm not so confident. Uh, I hope it all works out. But again, from what I've seen in the Yankees in years past, the hitting and the pitching and the bullpen, they're never all clicking at the same time. It's never happened. Even in the regular season, it doesn't happen. Uh, so, you know... For the Mets, their starting pitching is so important that you know it makes their bullpen a little less important. Their starting pitching can go further into the game than the Yankees can. Uh, so I think that the biggest thing for the Mets is getting the two those two things, pitching and hitting, clicking at the same time. Not even the bullpen. The bullpen less important. But for the Yankees, 